welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews. Coming to you all the way from Barry Hopkins Steakhouse, I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from mid-court, making a three-pointer at the buzzer. No way. Not even. No way. <laughs> Not on it's this my earth. co-host, Dave Trombor. David, 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 how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Feeling, feeling super athletic for the first time in my life. Uh, really? If I make it, there's no way on earth I would ever make this. You uh, don't think in a million years that you would be able to make that shot? In a million years. Definitely in an infinite amount of time. Ooh. Probably not even in a million years. It'd be a really painful million years. <laughs> Watch me try to make that shot. Uh, you know, yeah, it wouldn't be good. I want to say this, mm-hmm. Dave, as your coach. Yeah. I believe in you. And I really think this is something with a little bit of hard work and a little bit of dedication. Yeah. We'll be able to execute and pull this off in a way that's going to be successful so that when you get up there mm. for that big moment and that Honda Accord is on the line, if you can make that three-point shot, I'm good with that. you're going to win it. You're going to win it. I'm good just you're gonna not win doing it, that. And it's just going to be you driving around with a pair of sunglasses that I buy you because you're a success right now in a Honda Accord with a window down, just giving the little shades up thing to everybody and saying, you know what? This is what success looks like. Have you ever Dave played basketball? Trumbor. I have never played basketball. <laughs> okay, then we're good. We're in the same boat. Being a tall person, uh, one of the many questions that you get from complete strangers all the time. Much more so when I was younger, not so much that I'm old and decrepit, uh, is do you play basketball? Unbidden. Grocery store, doesn't matter where you are. If you're over six foot, do you play basketball? No. That, Never Actually, had my, my first question, when I met you yeah. in college, that was my first, like, do you play basketball? That's why I just punched Sean directly in the face, and we've been friends ever since. Yep. But no, I'd never played basketball. Like, we were even, a friend of ours, side story, uh, sent us a video of their kids <laughs> trying to, like, shoot and play basketball, and it was like, I thought it was going to be one of those videos where it was like, you know, a five-year-old or a seven-year-old shooting a basket from like even the foul line and actually making it on like their first time playing playing basketball. No, yeah. that wasn't what it was. It was reality. It was them like shooting the basket and it went about three feet and just <laughs> fell back to earth. And the look of just like crushing disappointment on their face of just like, that's so much harder than I thought it was going to be. That's the That's the emotion and reaction that I have every time I touch a basketball. Even today. So there's no way on earth I make a midcourt shot. Hmm. I mean, I would play in our neighborhood, you know, as a part of the cul-de-sac kid club. Sure. If somebody gets a basketball net, you go and you shoot hoops and you play outside. A you mid-court have a mid-court shot's like across the street, though, for that, right? Oh, yeah. We they yeah. get like on somebody's driveway on the opposite side and try to chuck the ball and probably end up hitting somebody else's window. I was going to say, it's usually a car window. Now, there's a 100% chance that I'm going to hit a car window. That's happened. Right. So I'm. Mean, oh, can I? That's already. Can canon. I sidebar with a sports story? Absolutely. Thank you. I used to play neighborhood golf. <laughs> that's interesting. But tell me about the rules of neighborhood golf. Yo, sure. Very, very easy. So think about a like a top golf or a driving range that you would go to that is located in somebody's front lawn, and then the the thoroughfare that you're trying to hit the ball down is down to the end of somebody else's cul-de-sac. And my friend Justin and I would, because our buses dropped us off a little after 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and sure. we had no supervision as latchkey kids. Love it. So we just get his go- his dad's golf clubs out, put tees in, put balls on them, and we'd slice balls as hard as we could. And when I say slice, I know exactly what a slice is. Yeah. I mean, we were not hitting down to those houses, but we just were actively like, aiming. Like 90 degrees <laughs> in the other direction. Exactly. Yeah. We were actively aiming for other people's houses and windows the entire time. If you haven't listened to us in 280 some odd episodes, this might be a surprise that we're not the best at sports. Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, I love neighborhood sports. So, like, just just saying that, I remember when the Vortex football came out. Oh, love the Nerf Vortex. Because the 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 game was who can throw it the farthest, the fastest, the highest, who can make it whistle the loudest, you know, all that stuff. And it was usually me. Uh, so that I was good at. Oh, okay. Here we go, humble brag. Yeah, right? But I was also real good at getting every Nerf football we ever had lodged in between, like, the transformer and the power lines of electric poles. <laughs> like, I don't know how many were up there and how many times I had to call somebody out, just, like, wedge those things out of there. But, yeah, that was good times. Was the whistle from the Vortex you throwing the ball and then hunching over and 
making like the cul-de-sac mom style or not even mom, but just the parent style, like two fingers in their mouth, whistle as loud as you could. No, much like a mid-court no? shot. I've never been able to do that either. No. My mom could do it. I'm always jealous of her that she could make that happen. The funny thing is if she would like do it right now, I would probably like, I'd get nervous. I'd be like, well, time to go home. It's dinner time. Right. <laughs> the street lights are on. It's time to come inside. Always in the middle of a capture the flag game Always. in our neighborhood. And my mom would come out and make that whistle. And my sister and I would be like, oh, we got to go home. Yeah, same. Uh, but it was probably a Friday night and we were going home to watch TGI Friday. That's true, which so, was great. Yeah. yeah. And there wasn't even a basketball cartoon on that programming block. <laughs> there were the best. Man, way to send this back into the show center that's which, a sports pun is it i don't i don't know sports Ooh, this is gonna be hard boy. i do get some of it don't worry i'm not as naive as i'm making myself sound right listeners now listeners out there list every sport in which a center is a position in the comments we'll be checking later it's a quiz oh wow that actually be kind of fun to check out yeah so i'm down with that that's cool we have no idea what we're talking about tonight which means you probably don't have any idea what we're talking about tonight which makes this even more enjoyable for us mm-hmm. to record. Whew, we are talking about Netflix's series that came out yesterday Oof. called Hoops. Hoops, yeah. Dave. Hoops. That's not hoops. actually the full title. It's just Hoops. If you're looking it up, don't <laughs> type in Hoops, Hoops, Dave, Hoops. I don't think that's a Netflix show yet. It might be soon. It's just 10 episodes, hour long each, of me at midcourt <laughs> trying to make a shot for a Honda just, Accord and sunglasses. Just... just so upset it's like the floor is lava but with dave and a basketball and somehow worse constant failure just somehow worse uh it should be hoops dave oops 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 guys if you can tell that we really don't want to talk about tonight's episode i'm sorry it's okay we're trying let's let's do it you know why because when we talk about shows where we have a lot of things to discuss, yeah. they tend to be enjoyable conversations. Sure. And we're going to make this an enjoyable conversation okay. for this episode. Let's get into Netflix hoops. And to give us a synopsis, to give us that overview, we're going to turn this over to longtime listener and best friend of the show, Bobby Anthem. Bobby, take it away. Hoops is an animated comedy sitcom that centers on a hot-headed, foul-mouthed high school basketball coach played by Jake Johnson, who thinks turning around his god-awful team will take him to the big leagues and turn his miserable life around. Hoops is created by Ben Hoffman, produced by 20th Century Fox Television, and animated by Bento Box. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah. Appreciate you, as always. Always. I'm not even going to ask the question, where would you put Bobby in this series? Because I don't want Bobby in this series, because we're going to talk about <laughs> why I don't want this series in general. <laughs> Sorry, because I mean, Bobby, Bobby, we did you a favor on that one. Bobby is 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 a present and should be cherished. Putting him in this show is the opposite of that idea. Bobby's a gift. The show is a curse. Man, if you, God, I don't, I don't even know what to do. We're less than seven minutes into this episode, and I feel like we've already strayed so far. I'm gonna try to center us. Okay. I promise. There's that pun promise. again. Promise. We are going to talk about the good, the bad, and the LOL. Does that sound like the Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly? Of course it does, because we stole that whole idea from him. Mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood actually called me up and was like, yeah, great idea, Sean. Just make it LOL. Wink. And we did. We're going to talk about the good, things that we liked about this show. And I'll be very honest with you, short section. We're going to talk about the bad, things that we didn't like, things that didn't resonate with us. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Finally, we're going to talk about the LOL, things that made us laugh, whether it was intentional or unintentional for this show. Let's get into it. Dave, we got good. Mm. We've got positive things to say about good. We do. We do. We have really positive, good things to say about good. How are you feeling about hoops? The first good thing is that we are not doing LOLs tonight, and we are going to return to form and actually go (laughs) ugly for the first time. No, we won't do that. We won't do that. We're going to stick to our rules that we're actually trying to be respectful when we talk about this stuff because as sean mentioned a lot of time effort money <laughs> goes into this energy things. yeah energy we, we recognize and we recognize that so many people work on this and this is not one person right. doing all of this work that this is a labor of love that somebody brought to fruition probably over many many years if not a decade of pitching and getting this working 
you might say, Sean and Dave, we know for most episodes, you guys only watch one episode to make that decision. Guess what? We've watched the entire series. Between the two <laughs> Between of us, we us. have watched yeah. all 10 episodes that are available right now yeah. to be able to talk to you about it. We're going to dig in. Yeah. So, so there, are, there is some good stuff here. And I think, yeah. like Sean mentioned, you know, it's not just one person. That would be insane. Even if one person hap- happened to do all this, I'd be a lot more lenient to just be like, you did your best. <laughs> but the fact that it's like <laughs> a group effort uh, it's from 20th Century Fox Television, which I don't even know if that's their name anymore because Disney is kind of like scrubbing Fox from everything. But I think 20th Television is still its own thing that's separate. If I've got my corporate synergies and buyouts correct, uh, I can't keep them straight anymore. But it also comes from Bento Box. Bento Box is local here in Atlanta. They obviously have uh, studios out in Burbank and elsewhere too, but they are a local studio here in Atlanta and they're behind Shows like Bob's Burgers, uh, also Paradise PD, which is on Netflix, and a ton of other stuff. And I really like the the people who work there. I like the quality of their animation. The animation is really solid in the show. And honestly, that's the first thing that you can see. It's just kind of, it's a familiar style of animation, but it's well done, it's well produced, and clearly there's there's a lot of like good quality content to it. Right. How about you? Uh, same. I okay. mean, I got a definite Bob's Burgers slash yeah. Family Guy vibe from this with sort of the, you know, the the round eyes, the the face, everything seems familiar. Yeah. I'd say maybe the stylistic choice that kind of sets this apart from a Bob's Burgers or a Family Guy is the eyebrows, yeah. surprisingly. They're not, I mean, it's not a bad choice. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, how there are certain production companies such as Voltron and She-Ra, DreamWorks Animation, that makes very similar character types just in terms of like the over-the-nose swoop or the, the piece that kind of is essential to the way that they animate character design and facial structure that kind of permeates across different like a, IPs. Like a house style, kind of. Right. Yeah. And so that's fine. I, I mean, I don't mind, and I enjoy. I, I'm a, I am a big Bob's Burgers fan. I love that show. Definitely. It's It's incredible. Uh, Family Guy, I feel like I, you know, I'm still a fan. I, I'll watch it every once in a while. It's and that's not been out for I, like 20-some years. It's so. been out forever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, these things are, are styles that I'm comfortable with. I enjoy them. I like seeing things in that style. They're very well done. The animation on this, very smooth. A reflection of the fact that Bento Box does a great job with the work that they're given. And I'll say there's a standout episode or sequence in an episode kind of later in the season where there's a... There's not a, there's a lot of drug talk in this show, but not a lot of drug use, which is weird. But uh, yeah. there is one instance of kind of bizarro drug use, and there's a trip sequence, trippy sequence, that's actually really well done. Um, so it's uh, just enough to be different from the norm. It, this is Hoops is not a show that does that a lot. They don't really shy away from their chosen kind of house style, and there's a lot of backgrounds and a lot of uh, different scenes and settings. They don't recycle the same uh, backgrounds and settings. But this one definitely steps outside of that. Now, granted, yeah, it's not like they're in a studio and they only have like a one-room, uh, three-wall <laughs> set that they're working on. But this, there's there's a lot of kind of like fresh um, animation even in the background. But the drug kind of trip sequence is a standout in a good way. So it's very kind of like hyper-colored and it's actually doing kind of what my fingers are doing right now if you're watching on video. Moving so, in and out, a yeah, lot of wavy so a lot of bits. The typical stuff that you've seen, they're not reinventing the wheel here, but it is definitely uh, a standout sequence. Yeah, so One little Hunter as Thompson kind of trip sequence. Yeah, a little see. lava lampy kind of stuff. Fear so. and loathing in hoops. Yeesh, <laughs> in Kentucky somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, what else do you like about this show? I like the voice cast. It's great. And let me explain to you this voice cast. Please. Jake Johnson. You know why I love him? New Girl. And you might be thinking, Sean, did you watch a lot of New Girl? I watched all of New Girl, and I love Jake Johnson in New Girl. Where do you put New Girl versus Spider-Verse Jake Johnson, though? Spider-Verse, I have a is a, Spider-Verse Into the Spider-Verse is above okay, New Girl good, 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 because good. I absolutely love Into the Spider-Verse. You might say... Wait, is Jake Johnson in Spider-Verse? My he God, sure is. he's like Hobo oh. Peter Parker. <laughs> Hobo <laughs> Peter Parker. Yeah, he just lets himself kind of like, uh, yeah, you he's know, Peter B. Parker, slide right? a little bit. Yeah, right. he slides a little bit. He eats burgers and fries all the time, but he takes, you know, miles under his wing. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Spider-Verse, but go watch that immediately. Don't watch this show. Watch Spider-Verse four times. Right. It's fantastic. Ron Funches, so speaking good. of fantastic, I was introduced to Ron Funches via At Midnight. Such a great comedian. Yeah. Such a joy. Love him as King Shark right now in Harley Quinn. Yeah. He is so good in that show. It is ridiculous. Ron Funches, 
treasure him, put him in a jewel case at the bottom, or make him the uncut gem in the movie Uncut Gem, priceless. He's amazing. Maybe I didn't watch enough of Uncut Gem Mm, to be able to figure that one out. Maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, Ron Funches forever. Yeah. What a what a treasure. Can agree. Yeah. Yes. The rest of the cast is solid too. Like I'm not the biggest fan of of Rob Riggle, um, but he's obviously done well in his sphere. Take that back. I'm not the biggest fan, but he he does fine as like the uh, sort of the dad, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, anybody else who's kind of a standout for you? I mean, I I will say Natasha Leggero is fantastic. She was not used enough in this show as Shannon. Could have been used more. She's a wonderful comedian. Love seeing her. Well, now, granted, you only watched, what, two, three episodes? So I will say she does. I watched four episodes. She's got got more in the nine (laughs) that I watched, apparently. Okay. Uh, She's got more to do. She's got more of an arc, uh, kind of. Than okay. anybody else on the show, so there is more for her to do. Uh, I really did like the the cast of, and I honestly don't even mention them uh, in the casting list. The kids, whoever the kids were that played all the kids on the basketball team, because they were right. they had to carry quite a bit of the story and to inject a lot of the humor that wasn't just f bombs or everything we'll talk about in the next section. Uh, the kids were actually like the kids you would expect from a classic kind of like feel good sports story. But then they also had an edge to them, too. Part of that edge comes because they're under the influence of this coach. Part of it is because this is supposed to be kind of an adult animated, you know, edgy kind of comedy series. So, yeah, the kids are going to act out a little bit. But but the the cast members behind the scenes who actually like acted as those characters did a really good job. I will say the final person that's on here. Yeah. Cleo King. Yeah. Had some of the best comedic delivery in this show. Some of the jokes that were funny in Hoops came because of Cleo King's delivery. Guard her with your lives. She <laughs> Get her is, out of this show. <laughs> she is fantastic. Get her out of this show. I think that the guest cast, too, uh, obviously Jake Johnson brought a lot of his uh, new girl pals over. Um, was it Max Greenfield? I think he was a guest star on the show. It sounds like Will Forte is a guest uh, later in the season. I don't know if that was confirmed or not. But there's a lot of guest voices who do really good with the parts that they're given. Right. But that's about all I can say. And, you know, normally we're about maybe 15, 20 minutes for a good section for each of these sections. I'm tapped out. Yeah. That's all I got. That's it. That's all I got for animation and cast. That's it. Yeah. Then we, and I want to make the distinction before we move into the bad section. These voice actors have done so much good work. Yeah. And they should continue to do other things. And I will continue to watch and support that. But as we transition to the bad, we want to talk about sort of the writing and the characterization that they have to portray. Man. And I think that that's, I think that's a reasonable line to draw is the actor versus the character that they're portraying. These people are actors. Yeah. And so they have to take on this role. They have to embody this. They have to create this character and what they have. In some cases, it's based off of the writing that they have that's available. Dave, you brought up three very interesting words a moment ago, which was <laughs> adult animated and edgy and i'm gonna contend that this is an adult only because there's an enormous amount of swearing copious amounts of f-bombs this is animated because it's a cartoon and we only talk about cartoons on this podcast Uh, edgy i'm gonna take it a task on that i'm gonna gonna go with that 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 could that could you could have said comedic and i still also would have said that's debatable yeah you should put quotes around either edgy or comedic because oh these are gosh. the kind of things that are like, they're like buzzwords, right? So in the industry, they're kind of buzzwords when you're trying to package or elevate or pitch a show. Yeah. So when I say the word edgy, you should listen to it with quotes because edgy is essentially just what a producer, writer, whoever will say when trying to get a foot in the door as far as like, we're going to bring you an edgy animated series versus like, eh, we're going to give you an animated series. that's you know, somebody's going to laugh at it. Like, one of those will get somebody's attention, and one of those will not. However, edgy should probably be <laughs> uh, <laughs> qualified by saying this may have been edgy for like 1995. Yeah, and that's 1997. Being you know? generous. Yeah, 20 plus years, I think, ago, this would have been edgy. These days, man, it's just, it's sad. It's kind of sad. It's kind of boring. It's tired. Which is how I felt at the end of the, watching all nine episodes of this thing. Is sad, bored, and tired. I mean, this this was completely tone deaf. This was tone yeah. deaf in 2020. This would have been tone deaf in 2010. This sure. would have been tone deaf in 2000. 
in terms of what was going on. I'm fine with, look, I'm fine with offensive stuff as long as I laugh. Yeah. If I'm laughing at it, even if I feel bad afterwards or like, oh, that sh- no, that shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have said that. But if you say it in a way that actually makes me laugh and then feel bad about it later, like, good. That's comedy. Yeah. If I like my rule of comedy has always been, and it doesn't matter if I'm listening to someone, if I'm watching something or whatever, if I laugh, it's funny to me. So if this is a comedy and I don't laugh for nine plus episodes, it's just not funny to me. Now, right. granted, it's going to be funny to somebody out there, but yikes, bud. I, I don't know if you just haven't seen any comedy, any animated stuff over the last <laughs> 25 years and this is the first time. Welcome, time traveler or yeah. person who just came out of like a box. And somewhere. then also go back in that box and then time travel somewhere else because holy crap, yeah. this is not yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you, you think about when you mentioned comedy, Dave, Break it down in terms of contemporaries, because we have our main character, Ben, yeah. who is, is I want to say he's nihilistic. Like, you know, he's 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 a lot of things. And I, I can break it down. He's a masochistic. He's sexist. Yep. He's anti-everything. Yep. Anti-everything, somewhat positive. He's very pro himself. Yes. Not even, to be honest. Like, there are some times where he's even just like, yeah, I'm terrible. Right. But. Uh, you know, it, I think about nihilism in cartoons, in adult animated shows and i think about rick and morty and i think about bojack horseman and and, you know there there's the comedic execution i think a lot of times in rick and morty is that you you see rick sanchez really dig in on himself and destroy himself for something that he loves and, and really kind of go that extra mile just in terms of what He's doing to himself and the people around him. Ben just destroys the lives of everyone that's around him. He never just mostly kids. He never yeah. wants to like he never wants anything bad. He has these delusions of grandeur in some cases of these um, fantastic things that are going to happen to him. But in no way, shape or form does he ever go out to actually try to obtain them or work hard or do anything. It's like. I, go, what's up? I, I, I know I want to ask you because because of a weird mix up in what we were watching. Sean watched the first few episodes. I watched the last like nine of the ten. So I missed kind of the conceit. So I want to know, is there anything in this first episode, the pilot? Is there anything there that actually sets up like a baseline for this character that we, you know, what are we supposed to feel about him? What sure. what are his hopes and dreams? What are his, you know, hoops and dreams, if you want to call it that? But like Oof. what? Yeah, rough. Probably going to edit that out. No, now don't. i got to leave it in because it's funnier. <laughs> uh, but like, what did that first episode set up? He talks about the idea that he needs to get this seven foot tall kid named Maddie right. to play on his team because if he doesn't, he's going to get fired from his job okay. teaching at this, this school in Kentucky. And he also posits and furthers this by saying, if I coach this team well, I'll get recruited by college. And if I get recruited by college, then I'll get recruited by a professional team, and then I'll get an infinity pool. Which brings us to the fact that he has this reoccurring joke, and I know, I'm gonna try to explain this as delicately as possible, and you might say, Sean, Dave, you guys used to swear all the time on older episodes. Well, guess what? We're now <laughs> part of the Collider family, and so we had to clean it up a bit, and those were in our, that was an artistic choice that we made so that people watching this in their car with their families didn't have to be embarrassed when we rant and rave about stuff. Don't worry. Or new earmuffs, yeah. yeah. The same amount of vitriol is is there inside Still of us. There. Yeah, don't worry. We just use smarter words, hopefully, to yeah. more eloquently uh, explain why this is crap. Just every time I say, golly, I am saying the F word for a mm-hmm. minute, a solid yeah. minute without a breath. Sean and I take a break roughly every five minutes and just scream the F word loud off camera and then we come back to it. Like 1984 style two minute hate just into a void. Yeah. He talks about if he gets this infinity pool, which brings us to one of the reoccurring jokes is that he would have multiple phalluses that could uh, receive gratification all at the same time, which is referenced multiple times in that episode and it's never funny. It's never funny oh. the first, second, or third time that they try to impress this joke upon you. And it, it's it's dumb. It, it's, it's juvenile in terms sure. of its joke and its delivery. None of it ever lands. And they, they try to rehash that again in that drug trip episode uh, that I talked about. Because right. when he's kind of tripping, 
yeah, that's brought up again, and it's kind of like, that's his dream, but then they never actually show it either, which is like, it's a weird choice, where it's like, you want to be edgy, you want to be adult, you want to swear all the time, you want to make all these, like, sexual jokes and innuendos and stuff, but then you're not adult enough to, you know, go as far as, like, Big Mouth, and even show any of that stuff. You're not actually, right. like, pushing any envelope or boundary whatsoever. So, when you do that. and you bring me to a great point, you know, yeah. we have a lot of other contemporaries that we could talk about in terms of referential humor, or crass humor. A lot of this is South Park as well as also Family Guy, where they'll do yeah. referential humor, they'll cut to something to deliver a punchline. This never does that. It does it in a way where they'll cut to something else where they will just further over-explain the joke as if it's an uncle that you asked, why is that sexist joke funny? And they're just like, well, because, because of the things that I said about this. And you're like, that's not funny. Continue, yeah. tell me why it's funny. And they can't answer the question. And so they dig their own grave having that conversation at Thanksgiving. It's awful, crass humor. At least South Park starts with some reality and then begins to twist it ever so slightly. The right. base reality in this show, and I, so I can help explain to you why I'm getting so <laughs> aggravated about this, yeah. why my blood pressure is escalating very, very quickly. The entire plot of the first episode is that Ben has to get Maddie laid by a prostitute so that he'll play basketball. Just to be clear, he is hiring a sex worker mm -hmm. to sleep with an underage boy mm -hmm. to be able to keep his job as a high school basketball as a high coach. school basketball coach. And I want to be I want to be very clear on this because this is the part that's maddening. Nobody reacts to how terrible of an idea this is. There is no reaction. If you thought uh, that's a terrible idea to to even posit that, I like to throw that out into the ether. You know what? I feel like if anybody could do it, Big Mouth would have done it and yeah. made it funny. Yeah. This fell flat and they continued to fall flat on every joke in this episode. What's funny is that that conceit, this clearly feels like a pilot because it's like they really wanted to hammer that idea home, apparently, because it pops up in multiple episodes throughout the season. Because this kid is like, everything kind of hinges on this kid, even if it's not specifically focused on him. Because he's like, he's seven feet tall, he's this coach's kind of ticket to the infinity pool and the Honda Accord and anything else that he wants. But everything is not necessarily focused on the kid, everything's focused on Ben. Everything's focused on the coach in a negative way. But to your point, literally everyone around him just kind of lets him do whatever he wants to do and is always constantly talking about him even when he's not on the screen. There is nothing about this character that is that important to be talking about him except on this particular show yes. for roughly the next half an hour. We are here to talk about how unimportant and uninteresting and just kind of the worst that this character is. There's no reason to talk about this character ever again. Unless you're asking who needs to drive him home because he's drunk or who needs to bail him out. That's that's really it. Or who needs to lock him up because he's doing these things with these kids. Yeah. The incredible part about this is, I, I and I, I want to just kind of jump into this regarding the theme song. Yeah, sure. My favorite thing, I want to jump into the theme song. You All love right? theme songs. This is one love, of your favorites. Love theme songs. Okay. So we, we get into this, uh, you know, the music for this, Fine, little kind of country twang. Sure. Open and shut case. Fine, uh, not offensive. No one, no one in the entire show has any kind of country accent, except for maybe Con like yeah. one kid. It's supposed right. to be in Kentucky. There's no sense of you know either a, 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 a like heightened accent or fake country accent or any kind of thing. It's just just people doing their normal voices. But anyway, exactly. I digress. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So let let's get into the. I, I want to break this down as much as I can. Oof. These are the lyrics to this. Sick of my job, mm -hmm. sick of those damn kids, driving me crazy, about to lose my S-word. Now, that's a great first verse. What's the next verse? That's it. It's done over again. Oh. It's repeated. That's fun. And that's it. I want to just throw this out there that evidently Ben Hopkins, our main character, again, contends that he loves coaching basketball, despite never actually doing any coaching. Yeah. And during this first episode where he finally gets Maddie to play on the team and they win the tip at the beginning of this game where Maddie's playing because of Maddie, he calls a timeout and then just proceeds to say F you to every single person that is in this high school auditorium watching, including 
all of the, the members of the board for this school that are responsible for his job and he gets to keep his job. Yeah, that sounds about right. That, that, that kind of, I want to let you finish your theme song thing, but that setup and payoff or whatever you want to call it right there is repeated in pretty much every episode. Right. He does something terrible that is supposed to not get him the outcome that he desires and everyone around him kind of bends over backwards to give him the thing that he desired in the first place. So it's kind of like he takes the worst possible path. Yes, and they're all enablers. It reminds me of Eastbound and Down, but in a way that at least Eastbound and Down had some character development to it. It had some stakes. It had some consequences eventually, you know. But that was also like a live action thing. And this is, it's just weird. It's like they took the idea of Eastbound and Down and just didn't quite get it. (laughs) Can I I almost like give you my pitch for this? It's the failure of Gene Hackman's character, Coach Norman Dale in Hoosiers, the alcohol problem of Dennis Hopper as shooter in the movie Hoosiers, and the language of Morris Buttermaker from Bad News Bears, the original. Also, I mean, the reboot's not bad, but I mean, the original, who was played by Walter Matthau, which was funny, and then mixed with the humor of watching wet garbage. Yeah, I love wet garbage, though, personally, but it usually doesn't make me laugh. It's just kind of like a therapeutic thing that I do. Right. So, yeah, it's just not funny. So, to bring this back to the theme song, Mm -hmm. we have the idea where it's saying, sick of my job, despite the fact that the beginning of the show, the character contends how much he loves and needs to be coaching basketball. So I don't get it. It's a mismatch in terms of what's there. Sick of these damn kids. Ben's not sick of these kids. He's actively invested in enabling them and making them do terrible things so that he can get recruited to play in another division and get an infinity pool. That's it. He doesn't hate these kids. He's trying to use them as a tool for his end game. That's it. There's no hate that's there. And then about to lose my about to lose my crap. Every single scene is him already having lost it. Yeah. He starts at a 10 and screaming at everybody in every single scene. Now, let me break this down for you. It's, it's anger you, management, essentially, yeah. like the entire time. <laughs> There's it, no arc. You, you hit that point and you stay there. Yeah. Like what they think is a punchline for a majority of this show is just the fact that they have this Ben character screaming at everybody all the time. Over and over. Swear, like swearing and using vulgar language, like nonstop. Here's the challenge But not even with clever this. stuff, really, for the most part. It's usually just F-bomb after F-bomb. You drop yeah, an F-bomb in front of whatever you were going to say originally, and that's now funny. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the challenge with this is that if you have a character that enters in at, say, like, if you're on a 1 to 10 scale in terms of, like, uh, like, anger or happiness or sadness or scared. If you enter in as a 10, everybody else needs to enter in like a rough equivalent of somewhere near where that character is. Nobody ever does. And the problem is, is then you get exhausted watching Ben's character stay at that 10 the entire time because he's such a piece of crap that no one, nobody's matching his level of, of anger or, or, uh, whatever his investment is in terms Anything. of his emotional stakes for any reason at all. And yeah. if he starts at a 10 at every single scene, he has nowhere to go up. So when there actually is something, like he gets arrested because he hired a prostitute to sleep with an <laughs> underage boy, yeah. there is no reaction. In fact, he goes from a 10 down to like a four during this. So it's just, it's embarrassing to watch. Yeah. If, if everyone around him is either enabling or just not reacting and allowing it to happen, almost as if he's just like a kid throwing a tantrum. There's even an episode later on where they throw a party for somebody, but they don't invite Ben because they know he's just going to be a complete disaster. And he even says to him after once again flipping off like the entire crowd, telling them all to F themselves and all this stuff. He says, oh, and by the way, and this is after an anger management session in which he not only sort of learns how to manage his anger, but then decides that that's not useful in the situation. So everyone around him tells him to throw that, you know, gain away anyway. They're like, no, go back to how you were before because you need your anger to actually, like, solve this situation. So once he does that, he yells at his ex or or estranged wife, whatever you want to call her. He yells at her for not inviting him to the party. And they're all just kind of like, yeah, you know, it was kind of a boring party without you there doing crazy stuff. So it's just like, it feels like, it feels like the worst of all of Adam Sandler's characters rolled up into a ball, and then the worst of all of his kind of, like, cohort of enablers around him 
just allowing him to do whatever he wants at any given time. In Pick a Movie, I don't care what movie it is, but it feels like that kind of same thing, and yet it's somehow worse because it's not even funny in the remotest sense. It's funnier to sit here and actually pick apart how it doesn't work than yeah. it is to watch the show itself. I didn't laugh once. I have a couple I, I, LOLs in the section, I, but man. Yeah, I, I, I'll i say something else that's not very funny. Yeah. Is There's a lot. The privilege that this Ben character has in this show. Sure. Where in the first episode, his dad, Rob Riggle, explains to him that he should just not coach and just stop kind of going in that direction. You know, again, this is where the Ben character contends, like, I have to do this. I love doing this. He clearly doesn't care, you know, in any way, shape or form. Uh, So, like, actions don't match the writing in many cases. But here's the challenge is his backup plan is that his dad says to him, I'll pay for you to go get your MBA and then you can work here at a restaurant and have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm sorry, your backup plan is a free education and then a free job as a manager of essentially whatever this Kentucky's Chili's is Steakhouse, yeah. that you have that's here, this outback that, that is available. It's ridiculous. But when the driving force behind literally everything you do is not only self loathing and self-hatred and failure but also daddy issues that at least kind of makes sense to me why he wouldn't do that but then follows in his father's footsteps as like a famous basketball player at least locally you know he's the kind of local sports hero who did well took everybody to the championship and then opened a dealership it's the same kind of idea right but he's now trying to get out from under his father's footsteps by doing the exact same thing his father did it didn't really make any sense at all and and honestly because i missed that first episode i thought maybe there was going to be a little bit more to it you missed there's nothing no if you guys never watch this show you also won't miss anything so don't worry about it i honestly thought because i watched (laughs) i watched the second episode first and it opens with a funeral for a horse so you think hey there's probably some fun comedy to mine there there's really not it's all set up for multiple beating a dead horse jokes which is not even self-referential, honestly. If they would have been self-referential, maybe that would have been funny. But the fact that they don't even know that they're beating a dead horse at this point in the 26th minute or whatever this entire series, it's pretty awful. But I also feel like it was, maybe if this was a smarter show, it could have been a shot at BoJack. I don't think it's smart enough to be. Can I make an observation? Please. In the cold open of episode one, okay. they pan into kind of the, the can, like welcome to Kentucky sign. Right. And then there's a field and then there is a horse that is the exact same like chestnut color with the little diamond stripe on top of its nose that looks like Bojack Horseman. And they just steamroll right past it as if they were going to make a joke. And then they just gave up on it, which feels like it's that feels right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's most of the joke. If this is their joke. Well, like it's real bad because it's just, I mean, it's a dead horse and they keep coming back to it multiple times because it's like it's Shannon's horse. And I thought for a minute they were going to like push the envelope and have some kind of like a relationship with the horse. That's not there. There's weird stuff that they do later on. There's always these references to like sex with animals. I don't know why. There's just some really, really kind of messed up stuff behind the scenes that I'm a little concerned (laughs) For the people who wrote and created this, because it's either, you know, it's either a lack of understanding of what humor and comedy actually is, and just thinking you're being edgy by talking about taboo stuff that's already been talked about in much funnier ways, or there's some actual real kind of like psychological issues going on behind the scenes that this show is just kind of like a weird window into, but again, nobody's going to, if it's a cry for help, nobody's going to help because they're just going to toss this away not even pay attention to it but it's case definitely in, not a competitor for bojack by any means right not at all uh, the case in point to what dave is is referencing in the 90s there was an actor who there was this terrible joke about somebody getting a gerbil in their butt yeah the entire cold open is just our ben character screaming at referees for making a making a specific call that wasn't beneficial to his team the entire time he is screaming about how this ref must have had a gerbil that was put into his butt and that he's upset that the gerbil's in his butt and that it gnawed the string and now they can't get it out of his butt and another ref comes over and he says, well, you're the one who probably put it in his butt. This was a good 90 seconds of my life that I will never get back about a joke that was like probably 
more kind of curious because in the 90s you were like wait is that real like i don't know we didn't have the internet there as much of the internet as we have yeah. now probably snopes didn't exist then so i couldn't go debunk it and then it, south it, park ran with it anyway and they made yeah. a whole kind of like fantasy world and mythology based around it because that exactly. is the funny part what you they, do right. with it the funny part that they thought was funny in this was this character screaming about this for an entire cold open and just insulting everyone around him that's in sight using not creative language, but just the same repetitive language yeah. over and over and over again to the point where, again, you're just re-explaining and rehashing an idea that you had and thinking that's the punchline, thinking that over-explaining the joke is the tag for what you're doing and that if you just keep digging down into it, double down on it, that it'll be humorous. It's not. I'll even say, like, you mentioned, uh, like, pop culture references and stuff like that. <sighs> At least Family Guy and the like have a vast kind of well and a knowledge base to draw from. So they'll make obscure sure. references. Robot Chicken is based on, like, that entire thing. Like, yes. that's what they do. They'll pull some obscure stuff. They'll pull from pop culture, like, the, the more well-known stuff. Not all of it hits. That's fine. That's part of comedy is like you take your shots and not all of it's going to hit, not all of it's going to land with everybody. This show has maybe a half dozen total things that they can reference throughout the entire 10 episodes. That's it. None of them land. None of them in the kind of rule of three or repetition. None of them get funnier. They just get more and more. They wear you down. <laughs> they get more and more tired. You know, there it feels like this thing was written 25 years ago. There are like Michael yeah. Jackson pedophile jokes. There's just like a ton of stuff that's either already been done to death or may have been edgy 25 years ago, but it is absolutely just a waste of time today. Yeah, I would agree. Can we also talk about like the fat shaming, the, the anti-science, the anti-doctor, yeah. the fact that they try to have like a supportive uh, mentor for a gay student, but even that is like, there's a whole plot line in which gay students at the school accuse one of the other gay students of not being gay, of actually being straight. So they literally beat him and his friends up. They beat up the whole team. It's like three gay guys who beat up the whole team and they call it like the gay mafia or something to that effect. This is the same as the anger management episode where Ben essentially like solves the problem. I'm using quotes, even though you can't see me solves the problem by essentially just being angry and yelling at these high school students. Uh, that's essentially how the whole, thing gets solved so everything's fixed i guess cool so it's, it's bizarre it's almost like the, the the stuff for this show was probably so bad at that point that some executive somewhere had the wherewithal to just be like this is 2020 we really can't have like any of the kind of anti-gay stuff or whatever anti-women anti-science anti-nerd fat shaming all that sure that's fine but they couldn't they didn't want to cross the line i guess with any of the like lgbtq stuff but then they ended up twisting it and mutating into this weird story anyway that felt like nothing other than a, a twisted attempt at trying to say something about growing up gay. And it ultimately just kind of fell flat. Now, again, going back to the character or that the actors who actually get to play these characters, those kids did great. They, they did a yeah. great job with what they had, which wasn't much. Uh, I'll say you're introduced to this gay character that they have that's on the team. Yeah. After this cold open where they're in the locker room and Ben is lamenting about how, you know, how bad of a coach he is and how poor of a job he's done. And he let his emotions get away from him this time, which sounds like that happens every time. There's no difference. There's never any change no. in this character. So the one character DJ says, you know, uh, I know that we lost the game, but we still want the thing that you said that you would give us, which is a username and password to an adult website to look at porn. And then they he gives them his username and password and he sits there and then they all look at the gay kid that's on the team and they're like, well, that's not fair. He can't like there's no there's no gay stuff on this website that we're looking at. Like, you know, he should have some something as well. So he hands him the laptop and Ben gives him his credit card and goes, there you go. Buy yourself something handsome. And it was so Dave is making a wide eyed look at me like, I can't believe this. It was so bad and so insulting. I, I could not believe it. I Here's how angry I was after I watched this episode, this pilot episode. I made friend of the show, Melanie Harker, watch this with me. My wife, I made her watch this program 
because I was so, I was in such a state of disbelief that I needed somebody else to confirm right. the actual hate that I felt for this program. And she sat there at one point when she was not watching it with me, I was in the other room watching the pilot and I gasped because of how bad and how dumb a joke was. And she walked in the room and was like, oh my God, I thought something was wrong. I was like, <laughs> well, something is wrong. Something is wrong. It's this show. It's, and that's, it's not really surprising to hear that. Like when I heard that, I was just, I was wide eyed, but I was kind of just like, yeah, that makes sense. Because in the rest of this show, like the coach will go down the line of these kids and just tell them like, you know, you're a nerd. You've never seen a vagina. You're fat. You sweat more than a whatever in a sauna. But then when he gets to Scott, who's the, the gay character, he's like, you should have hundreds of dudes trying to eat your ass or whatever. And it's just kind of like, okay, I guess, I guess that's a compliment in uh, your world. It's that kind of thing that I'm saying. It's like they go so far out of their way to try to make it seem like he's pro-gay or whatever that it's super creepy to begin with and then clearly just like way off the mark. The Ben character drops anti-Semitic remarks in oh, the yeah. first episode yeah. where – uh, the the one kid that's on the team that is Jewish hands him some money from his bar mitzvah and he goes, you should give me this money because I had to sit through that stupid thing and I hated it and I hated all the people that were there and I hated all the music that was there. He's like, the, the chair lifting thing, that was pretty cool. But I thought that after that thing, you were supposed to be a man, whatever happened to that. And it's like, it is the lowest brow yeah. humor in terms of this and it just it came off as anti-semitic and it came off as just terrible and I, I like i could not believe that in 2010 that this this cartoon had even been made with these jokes even with these in attempt at jokes what did i say 2010 i'm so We're upset i time traveled traveling backwards 10 years into the past maybe this was funny to still be frustrated yeah. with this show even in 2010 it would have been trash like to take that <sighs> a, a point further further it's the same kid they're training with bowling balls, which is kind of a, a stupid premise that they still didn't even manage to make funny, but whatever. Yeah. And that same kid, I'm assuming, because of what you just said, is like under the bowling ball, kind of like crushed by it. And he just screams. He's like, this bowling ball weighs more than the guilt of my people. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> All right. That's where we're at. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, I don't mind stuff that goes out of its way to be offensive. Like I said earlier. Make me laugh at least. Do something yeah. original. Do something. Make it funny. At least get the get give the characters and the kids something funny to do. They really don't even get to do that. Big Mouth is like one of the most offensive kind of taboo shows out there, and they don't care. They go for it, and they actually make right. it funny because they they have that kind of like there's an uncomfortability with the characters that feels realistic. It feels honest. It feels uh, authentic. You know, right. there's nothing like that even close in the show. There's also a distinct element of surprise that happens in Big Mouth where you yes. focus on a small bug for a minute or there's a pillow girlfriend that has a pillow child. The, right. the personification of a lot of things that are in that show yeah. coupled with the the smart writing, the how uncomfortable and real yeah. they make an experience And the supernatural elements. Yeah. Supernatural elements. There's also very clear arcs in terms of like what some of the characters are doing. I will yep. say maybe in the latest season, it's, it's a little bit muddied somewhat. Those are more like kind of how friendships and stuff change and relationships but, and stuff change. Yeah. But yeah, but there's nothing like that, even, even close in this show. Right. There's, there's nothing no, to hold there's on nothing. to. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, even if you were just episodic and you didn't have a point, and you didn't have a story, but you made me laugh a few times, like Family Guy. Go back to or like early Family Guy and you're just like, oh, okay. And then you get into the, the, the rhythm of kind of what they're doing. And yeah, they had stuff that made you laugh. And everything wasn't meant to be offensive. Even stupid stuff, like there's a moment where Ben, stick with me here, because it's going to be a long road to get there. But he, Oop. boy, he's referencing Godfather, the horse head episode yeah. uh incident he is trying to rent a chainsaw to cut the head off of a horse for reasons oh, yeah. i won't even get into and is arguing with the uh, the shop owner whatever none of that's important it's all very stupid none of it's funny there's a moment where he says i'm never going to spend a penny in this store again and he goes to leave and there's a, a coin operated like gumball machine he stops and is there for a good like 90 seconds putting a coin in getting a green gumball even stuff like that that family guy would make funny like like Peter bumping his shin. I think it was Peter, right? Bumped yeah. his shin and he just sits on the floor just like, ah, ah 
for like two minutes. That's stupid. But it made you laugh in 1997 or whenever it was, 1999. This thing with the gumball, I was just like, please choke on it or move to the next scene. One of the two. Because it's just even the simple, stupid stuff where they're trying to be silly and be a little lighter. It just doesn't land. Even with Family Guy, when they do the like the, the piece of candy thing. Yeah. You know, like, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. And they continue down that path with something that is fun. This show made an attempt and it was swing and a miss. Yeah, every Gang. single time for, no, <laughs> for sports nobody, references. Nobody yeah. was identifiable in terms of you wanting to say, like, I see myself in that character. Sure. Nobody was fun. No. Nobody was enjoyable. Everything was a dumb trope. Uh, except for obviously the kid with the cast that never spoke. There was a kid with the cast who never spoke. There's a kid that is on the basketball team that has his arm in a cast and he never speaks. I don't think. I And I bet you didn't that. remember what he was. I don't. Because nobody cares. Look, there's the Jewish kid who I think maybe had two lines and we've mm-hmm. said them both on this show. So you don't need yes. to watch it. There's the fat kid DJ who at one point he does a pretty good impression of other characters on the show, which is like, okay, that was a clever little gag or whatever. But he's just fat shamed almost into like submission. Uh, there's a nerdy kind of uh, kid who actually likes playing sports and has a good relationship with his father. There's obviously Maddie, the like seven foot tall, uh, you know, uh, all star on the team. And then and then Scott, the kind of like gay kid. So there's a little bit of tokenism to it. But none of these characters are, are rounded out enough to actually have any kind of personality other than that. There's no arc. There's no nothing. Maddie's oh. the closest one that actually gets something like decent at the end of this road and can i say that when maddie has those moments of emotional like gravitas where he's going to deliver like hey man like you know the reason i want to play on this basketball team is because i just i want to do something and you guys really seem to like me and like you, know, you guys seem like a cool bunch and everything like that we then have everything completely undercut by the ben character who actually says out loud as this kid that he is coaching is is about ready to spill his like to just let his heart out. Ben just goes boring. Don't want to hear it, and he does that twice. He's sick of these damn kids. Sixty seconds, like it. Oh god, it just and it's funny because this is his his prize kid that he needs. But sick of these, sick of my job, sick of these damn kids. Look, the, in the ten episodes with Maddie, Ben has tried to get him laid by a prostitute, and then at one point. Uh, he has to, he tries to get him to blackmail his ethics teacher in order for the ethics teacher to allow him to pass his ethics exam, which, okay, uh, yeah. that sounds like at least there could be some kind of comedy to mine there. But again, it's an example of Ben doing the absolute worst and then involving these kids in all sorts of terrible stuff, like cutting the head off of a horse. He does other stuff with Maddie too, like he forces him to break up with his girlfriend by going directly to the girlfriend's mom, then forces them to get back together because Maddie actually played better when he had a girlfriend. Oh my god! And then he goes to the point to like undercut a recruiter from a private school and goes around Maddie so that he doesn't actually leave because that's Ben's ticket to success. And then after that, he decides, well, it's Maddie's actual like it's his chance, but it's also my ticket to the school. So if I get Maddie on the team, I can go with him as sort of his coach too. So that's kind of the arc that we have, which isn't an arc at all. It's just increased shittiness and it's, it's ba- <laughs> on, on it basically part. only happens in the last episode and that was the last episode that's I, the final uh, episode don't want to spoil stuff but i saved you from watching any of it because nothing really happens but the whole kind of point of that was it's all about ben at the end of the day it's not really about maddie at all it's just all about ben and everyone around him allows that to happen the ethics coach or ethics teacher ethics coach comes out of like <laughs> the darkness when Maddie decides to finally stand up to his coach and say, no, that's not right. I'm not going to do that. And he does the slow clap and he's like, congratulations, you've passed the ethics test. I just wanted to see how far you were willing to go before you stood up to your coach. But now you've passed and you can play on the basketball team. So everybody's happy. It's just one of the yeah. stupidest things I've ever it was, watched. It was and if you're bad... watching it looking for any kind of like lessons or anything, it don't, please don't, please don't watch this. Especially not for like basketball coaching because <laughs> no. there's nothing here. <sighs> hoops man hoops let's let's do these lols really quick Ugh. my only lol that i had is that i really loved the design of dj looking like guy fieri i yeah. thought that was so silly and so funny i don't know i it just it was just it was goofy it just was really goofy in terms of the the portrayal and the tropiness of this kid dj but like 
again, as we've mentioned, none of the humor with him was fun. It was just all fat shaming nonstop. Poor Guy Fieri Jr. deserved better. Yeah, honestly, he did have kind of one. He was he was a champ. He was a good sport about it all because he had to be. Uh, but there's one point <laughs> where the coach is trying to get like new uniforms or whatever for the team. Yeah. And he brings, of course, DJ out. And DJ is like, I thought it was blood because his uniform's all yeah. torn up. He's covered in like red splotches. And he's like, why do you have food all over you? And he's like, it's marinara sauce. So the, the quote that kind of made me laugh was like, coach talking to the principal and is like, well, this is what our team is right now. Fat trash covered in marinara sauce. Jake Johnson's delivery got a laugh out of me for that. The idea behind it, absolutely awful. But at least the delivery... Got a laugh out of me. Right. There was another delivery that was pretty funny. Just because of the way the words were strung together, I did not expect. The ethics teacher is kind of has a crush on the principal. The principal wants to moonlight as like a lounge singer with a really body kind of like uh, risque lyrics, which aren't funny at all. They're supposed to be for shock value, but surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. in the show, it's not funny. But at one point, uh, the teacher goes up to the principal and was like, one of the kids tricked him into showing up at her show. Turns out she didn't actually care if he was there or not, didn't want him to be there. So he's trying to, like, puzzle this out in his brain. He's like, wait a minute, so you didn't mean it when you said you wanted me to eat your buttocks like a hound dog who just found gravy in the garbage? (laughs) And there's something about a hound dog finding gravy in the garbage, that kind of visual. That was funny. I don't care about the eat your buttocks part. I don't care about the sexual innuendos or, or, or not even innuendo at that point, just direct sexual aggression. A hound dog finding gravy in the garbage is funny to me. Give me that show. I'll watch hound dog and gravy garbage. All day long. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, my last LOL, it was Coach's dad. It was it was Barry Hopkins who tried to have, you know, kind of an adult-themed late-night thing at the steakhouse, have some music, have some wine, you know, kind of sex up the place a little bit. He said, on roller skates, for some reason, he says, the Barry's After Dark reboot is over. And why did that make me laugh? After Dark. After Dark. Yep. That's it. I will say that Opal played by Cleo King. Yeah. The the first part of the I loved the the part of her saying like you just got to go out there, you got to sing and you got to speak your truth. And then she gets out there and it is like the first line about sort of the the sexual innuendo, you know, for her song was kind of yeah. it, it it struck me as being funny for the first time. I will say the tired gag that I I'm seeing and we've seen now for a couple years is adult comedy shows like this really enjoying the idea of crapping on improv comedy, Mm. which surprise, surprise, all of the writers who were doing this stuff are probably improv comedians in some sense. So it's like, it's gotten to the point where like, you've seen it enough. Like it's been in big mouth. It's been in Bojack. It's they've had parts of this that have been in even Rick and Morty. It's just, we're done with it. Like it was funny. We got it. We're all we're all in on the joke. Like ha 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 improv. It's the worst. It's not stand up or sketch. We get it. Nice. Just knock it off. You know. They had a fun moment where Opal's keyboardist at this time. They have a an improv duo that's called Cookies and Cream, and that just made me laugh. That was that was that was a yeah, legit that was fun. funny thing where I was like that that's funny. I I do like that. That that is cool. Until even that like one nice memory and moment that she has literally yep. everyone else in the show craps on. Right. Anytime she mentions it they're like, "Oh, not again. Please don't do that yeah, again." Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. Don't. Don't do don't that thing that. that you enjoy. Don't do that. Nobody wants to yeah. see that. It's yeah. just every opportunity they had to do anything interesting with the show they just whiffed <laughs> completely. Yep. Yep. Comedy hey. on Netflix now. Yeah. Well, let's get to these recommendations. Yikes. We've talked enough about this. Long-time listeners and first-time listeners, we're going to do this. We can recommend a cartoon, and we can tell you why we think you should continue watching Hoops, six seasons in a movie on Hoops. We can also say that we don't recommend something that you should just abandon ship right now, and we'll also give you something else that you should watch in its place. We can go one step further if we don't recommend something and say we're going to give it the dip. Yes, the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we dip a cartoon, it's erased from the annals of cartoon history in terms of what we talk about for this program. Dave, Netflix original series, Oof. oops, Yeah. how are you feeling about dip this? Dip it, I don't even need to talk about it. We already wow. talked about it enough. We were dipping this thing from the beginning, so dip it. Yeah. I was going to make a junk about, a junk? I was going to make junk? a joke about <laughs> Slam Dunk. 
but no, it's just just a dip. It's just a slam dip. Can we do a yeah. slam dip? Uh, yeah, like an emphatic yeah, why dip. If you want to do a dip from a from the three pointer line, just now a dip from full court. I can hit. I can hit a dip from full court. You I think can, so? I can Judge Doom dip this thing from full court. <laughs> Look, Judge Doom just literally dipped the cartoons into the dip and pulled them out. We are gonna dunk this thing yeah. in the dip. At least that's my take. What's yours? You know, I'll say this. I'm a big don't recommend him, and I'm a dip for this as well. Yeah. For every reason that we've talked about, if you are listening and you're saying, Sean, I want a cartoon that swears a lot and that also has some good character progression and is interesting and is fun. Dave might disagree with this, but I would say go watch Harley Quinn. Go watch Harley Quinn on HBO Max right now. It is vulgar. It is dirty. But guess what? It is funny. It is surprising. There's an interesting arc, whether you've watched Bird of Prey and you are familiar with Harley Quinn's character breaking up with the Joker. It goes in that direction, and it is fun. And I've finished the first season the other day, and it was super rewarding to see that because now I'm excited for season two that's out now. So... Go watch Harley Quinn instead. Do not watch this. In fact, I will actually, I'll make a further recommendation. Go on Netflix, thumbs down this, because if they make a second season of this, I'm going to be livid. I will stop this podcast if they do a season two. We're done if this goes beyond a season one. This show is atrocious. People should feel bad, but every single voice actor that's on there Go support them in the other things that they've done because they're yes. all fantastic people. The production company, Bento Box, the yep. work that they're going to do in the future is fantastic. But whoever wrote and put this together and financed this, shame on you. We know exactly who it is. We're not going to call them out on the show. Yeah, But fine. I'll say, you know, Harley Quinn isn't my speed, but it's leagues better than this. Uh, I'll say I'll say Big Mouth. If you want to look for something else on yeah. Netflix, watch Big Mouth. Get caught up on that. They approach a lot of this stuff. It's raunchy, it's wrong, it's kind of R-rated, but it's with kids. But they do it in a way that it's not weird. It actually is kind of comforting because you're like, oh, uh, maybe I thought that too. Or maybe I did that too. Or maybe that was the way our you know, friendship was when I was in grade school, high school, whatever. Right. That is way more rewarding than anything from this show. Don't even waste your time. Yeah. Speaking of comforting, Dave, now yeah. that we're at the end of this, let's talk about Bobby Anthem. You heard our buddy Bobby Anthem on this episode. You can also hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, along with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. He also has a solo show that's in the exact same stream as Inhuman Experience. It's called In Search of My Lost Soul. Bobby does an excellent job with this. Please check it out. You can find both of these shows in the same single Inhuman Experience podcast stream available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you find podcasts. Dave, what do you got going on? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me at midcourt working on my Honda Accord winning <laughs> hoops. Uh, still Swish. editing over at Collider.com. You can check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you want to read rather than watch hoops, check out The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press, available on Amazon and wherever awesome books are sold. How about you, bud? What's going on? Man, I'm going to be playing that old school video game Double Dribble. <laughs> yeah, sure. Literally anything. Yeah, yeah, literally anything else. Anything other than watching hoops. This was so bad. I like I I do enjoy every once in a while watching basketball. I have no problem with it. This program almost made me hate a sport, and that's yeah. that's powerful. Gang. That is powerful, especially for something that had very little to do with actual basketball. Yeah, I know. I talked about it a little bit on the show, but speaking of talking about improv, hey, mm-hmm. I do live improv comedy <laughs> with a group in Washington D.C. That's called Knox. That's N O X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. Oh my gosh, Sean, how are we going to do this in a pandemic? Don't worry, we actually stream these shows to your living room. Thank you so much. Yeah, over Facebook or or YouTube. We got a bunch of different methods of doing this. Again, just go to witdc.org. You can check it out. I think we perform every other Thursday night at 8 o'clock. It's free. What do you got to lose? Love it. You're going to not laugh at me? Better than hoops. Yeah, better than hoops. (laughs) Don't watch hoops. Watch me perform. It's fun yeah. and it's free. Why and not? laugh, yeah. Man, check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. And I also do a comedy podcast that's called The Bureau. Guess what? It's all completely improvised and I'm not going to crap on it because you know what? It's a legitimate valid art form and I have fun with it. And I do it with a bunch of my other friends. Yeah, it's better than hoops. It's leagues better than hoops. I do it with my friends Isabel Galbraith, Jesse Chimes, Jamal Newman. Jamal and Isabel have all been guests on this show. It poses the question, what would a podcast that's recorded at the Federal Bureau of Investigation look like with a bunch of dopes that are recording it from a skiff or within a break room? 
man, it's a lot of fun. Season two is wrapped up. If you're interested, season three is recording in another month. So nice. thank you. Want to support this show? Man, you guys are the best. Watch you us can on check Netflix. Out our, yeah, watch us on Netflix. Or just go to our Patreon and search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, Morning with a U, you can become a Patreon patron. We really appreciate it. And because we will never learn how to use Apple iTunes, just tell a friend. Just tag us. We really appreciate it. Everybody who reaches out and talks to us, we communicate back with them. Dave will also probably follow you on Twitter. Nope. There's a lot of things going on. Not going to happen. Slide into our DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's Morning with you. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all these links in the link tree that's in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Man, we're done. Hoops. Swish. Swish, Swish and, a and a miss. Swish and a miss. Ooh, that's not jinx. how that See? works. But yeah, fine. I know it's not, but you know what? It's fine. Because we do this show, yeah. and because we got such group mind, mm. we're able to do that. You know and what that is? That's improv, Dave. That's guess better what? than hoops. It's better than hoops. Better than hoops. So we'll talk to you next week with a show that is will probably be better than hoops. Yeah. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>